about. So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. Built a microwave, semicolon. No Nazis in the sound of music. Right. Okay. So uh, today we have with us. You know what? I've I've I feel like for the first time I'm thinking. Do we need to like introduce ourselves named in our podcast? Like we're doing these episodes and it's like, well, that's those guys that we don't know their names and it's like, I don't. It's fine. Anyway, I'm Ned. This is Meg. Yeah. And then we have our guest today, Damon. Um, who is going to uh, weigh in heavily on whether there are Nazis or not in The Sound of Music. So here we go. Right. So the backstory to how we even got to having this discussion is that up until the time that I was 20, no, 37 years old, mm-hmm. I did not realize that there was a second half to The Sound of Music after the intermission. I didn't, I didn't know this part. This and that the second half is the half in which the parts with the Nazis occur and so Uh like the nazis are not in the first half of the movie at all right right okay so we used to watch this movie a lot as kids at my grandma's house like in my grandma's basement all the time me adley nate my brother i don't remember if matt would remember watching it but like we watched it i think the younger kids really really liked it and so it was kind of always on in the background right right and the basement was just kind of like a rec room Mm -hmm. and so there were videotapes scattered everywhere and i remember now that we've talked about it as adults. I remember that there were two VHS cassette tapes Uh that were in the same box with the sound of music. Like you opened it up and and they were enclosed in part one and part two. And the thing that divides them is the intermission because it's a really long movie. Right. I mean, and like you said earlier, Damon, you can watch the whole first half of it and it's basically like the length of a normal movie. So you wouldn't necessarily have to expect that there's more coming except that there's this intermission. And I remember when you mentioned the intermission in the car today is when I was like, I remember seeing the box with the two tapes. Yeah. But for whatever reason... Our family never put the second tape in. Maybe it was because we got bored by that point. Maybe, like, I like well, to think that my relatives that were it, in care just, of us didn't. I just realized that it might be because the first half of the movie is really kid-friendly. It's really, it's just a little story. They're, oh. they're running around singing. The sure. second half of the movie is kind of serious and dramatic. They're running from Nazis. Like, you know, the Anschluss has happened. And, like, you know, so, like, Germany, like... While the captain is away with the Baroness, the Nazis come in and take Austria and mm-hmm. the, you know, and so he comes back and there's Nazi banners and he's tearing them down and like, it's, there's, there's more drama and it's, it's serious sure. in the second half that so, the kids probably were like, I don't understand. This is, well, can we get back yeah. to the singing and the, the and the, cause right. in the first half they have the big freaking thing with the yodelay, yodelay, yodelay. Yes. The whole the, song. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. And, and they got the, yeah, cause that's all very kid friendly okay. and very, so it might have been. Right. The, so it could be, I mean like for example, the two cousins who I mentioned, Adley and Nate, who often were the ones maybe maybe they're the reason that this movie was on all the time at my grandma's house. Uh-huh. They, they were, they were in a very strange situation with their parent, my aunt. And so we're prohibited from watching certain things. 
for example, a really awesome movie that we'll talk about in another episode at some point in our favorite movie episode um, called The Brave Little Toaster, which my aunt hated because she felt like the toaster and the other things in the movie were not friendly enough to each other. So your hypothesis that they weren't allowed to watch the part with Nazis may actually be correct. Like it might have been on purpose. It may have been on purpose. So Mm -hmm. all of that aside, Mm -hmm. now you've got a really thorough backstory. Well, and there's also like... The whole part where the nuns hide them. So there's some real anti-authoritarian like rebel crap okay, in the second yeah. half. So, so there may yeah, be it's... there may be something to the fact that we didn't see the second half besides laziness, which is what I attributed sure. it to and is equally likely given my family. So um, we never, ever made it to the second tape. Right. So you're just like, and like, I think I knew, I mean, by that age, I knew what an intermission was because my grandma used to take me to see like the Nutcracker and sure. plays and stuff when I was a really little kid before the other kids in the family showed up. So I knew what an intermission was. I could almost imagine that if you had seen the first act or the first half of that movie so many times that even if you ever occasionally saw the second half, mm-hmm. it's like they're just dis- the they're not, even the same they're not the same. Like, right. It's such a darker story. Like it just really yeah, it goes dark. Like, yeah. yeah. And then the rest of the movie is like that. Like it's <laughs> right. not, well, you, you didn't know. even realize it was based on a true story. No, I like had the, no the idea. Trap family singers were real people and they really fled to Switzerland across it's the Alps nuts. and came to America. And it's like a whole real thing. And it's, highly sanitized and yeah and like right. there's mm-hmm. there's it's based on them but that movie doesn't really tell their story no i mean anything to do with like fleeing from nazi germany is like or the nazi regime or all of that mm-hmm. is like pretty fucking terrifying yeah so yeah that's kind of like the backstory um you know yeah uh <laughs> There's a point to this, though, right? There is a point to this. And so it has to do with, like... Because uh, I'm real bored over here. No, I'm just Sorry. <laughs> so when when Damon and I first got together, yeah, he came to visit me in Minneapolis uh-huh. in the fall of 2016. Yeah. And uh, it's very unusual for me to be able to tolerate another human being long enough to have any kind of a relationship with them. Sure. And so... When he was in town, it was kind of like a big deal because I've been, over here. Like, I'd been single know, for three and a half years. Whatever you're doing, you've got you've got one thing right. I just Sorry. couldn't deal with people. Yeah, it, fucking up my house and sure. being generally annoying. Right. So, uh, and needing momming. So you came along and you came and stayed with me in my house for a couple few months before we moved out of the house. <clears throat> I shouldn't say that. We should cut that out because. I don't want to admit that I'm not living in my house. Yes. Um, so it was during conversations right. with some people on my dad's Okay. Um, and what what's the timing? Yeah. Um, was when like we got into a conversation with her about how much okay. she liked on. the sound of music and the sound of music. Yeah. And we were talking, I mean, we, we were just talking about what you like about it. I think it had something to do with the night that we were at okay. Zenbox. Yes. Yeah. Where we went out to dinner. And so you guys were talking about it and mentioned something about like the Nazis or some, something. And the Nazis came, show up. And, and I was like, thing. no, 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 no. And I like interrupted and said, you must be thinking about another movie. There are no Nazis in The Sound of Music. <laughs> no, 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 no. And you were like, 
yes, there are. Yes, there are. And I was like, no, there aren't. The Sound of Music is a story. Ostensibly, it's, it's a, about a it's story a, of a children. Me, right. But really. But really, it's about Nazi Germany. Um, it's, it's this. I was like, this movie is a story about like singing children and their governess and her making like later hosen out of yellow curtains. Sure. Like that's the sound of music. What movie are you talking about? Right. And I'm like, well, yes, all of that happens. And then the Nazis come. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, it's not even the same movie. And I think Patty was like the arbiter. And you, and you didn't know like the Edelweiss song. Cause I don't think, or maybe, well, I've heard it, but like, you're like, I don't remember that in the movie, but whatever. It's but whatever, it's fine. Yeah. It's a musical. Well, and subsequent to this, I, I, I have to take your word for it because I still haven't seen the second tape or the last half of it. Right. But out of this... This is where we pause the podcast, go sit down for two hours, hours and watch, watch it yeah. and come back. Well, and we actually said come, earlier, come back like, you, could, you could just skip to the second half. Yeah, you don't like, have to. If right. you've seen the first half that many times, you don't need to watch it again if you don't want to. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm... I love that movie. I specifically asked for that movie for Christmas when I was like in the fourth grade. Wow. Okay. I was in love with Liesl. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. But I, I love, I loved, you know, I was, I liked music. I was playing piano and stuff uh-huh. by then. And I loved the sound of music. Yeah. So like I have, I watched it all the time as a kid. That's I had cool. my own private copy that was in my room uh-huh. that I could watch. And when I, I remember when I got my own tele, my own little bitty TV with the VCR in my room, I, I, I watched that a couple times a year and into adulthood for a long time, I would watch it at least once a year, Uh huh. the whole thing. I, uh, so I like, had the soundtrack and I would listen to it in my car. Yeah. So <laughs> my aunt, it was utterly tickled by the fact that you love this movie and uh-huh. know all of the songs and love the show tune. Right. And so, um, my aunt uh, who's like an appropriately odd duck. Uh-huh. Like she and I get along really well and are very similar in terms of our personality. She sent me a photograph of Edelweiss and a photograph of the captain from, from the movie um, over text message, which I was instructed to show to ice pick. Uh-huh. And that was the whole point. Like That's she was Damon. sharing. Yeah. Yes. Ice pick. Sorry, Damon. Um, the nickname. And so Patty, my aunt was like, here, show these to Damon. And I was like, Great. Okay. And so I show him. He's like, oh, Edelweiss, mm, the captain. Uh-huh. And he was like waiting for it to become something or like, what's the point? And I was like, oh, no, she just shared those with you because she likes she knows you like the movie. <laughs> and so right. so now one of our things is, oh, the captain. Uh-huh. 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 So there's now there's like family. I like that. Jokes built around it. But yeah, that's I great. just I thought, a, you know, it would make a very funny um, topic it's, because it's sort of a funny way to incorporate our well, guest here so like my own personal backstory that r- involves sound of music was i played <laughs> i played in the musical i played trombone in the pit like bass oh, trombone cool. part for yeah. the sound of music in high school and i dated one of the nuns like we were like romantically involved for one of the so, three that are singing yeah oh, yeah cool. and yeah. so it was very um the sound of music has a, a sort of high school romance vibe for me because of that <laughs> um you know, I mean, it's full of it's full of drama and personal drama and like love right. and heartbreak and you know yearning and all of those things and none of those have to do with the story, right? Like it's just it's like my personal experience with that movie um, or that, that musical. the musical, yeah, because it was obviously it was a production. Did you ever watch the movie of it? I, I feel like I have. I feel like um, I think this was a point in high school where I was trying to be engaged, and so I right. think and uh, my ex girlfriend um, 
she was I'm sure she made me watch it at some point. I mean, she didn't make me. She's like, right. we need to watch it. You haven't seen it. You don't know anything about this. You got to see it. Right. So I did. And then, I, you know, I, I, I did not like it. It was right. great. It's like, I've seen this a lot of times in rehearsal. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, I think, I, I think actually we watched it before we went, like she, we, we were dating well before this. And so uh, we probably watched it as soon as she got the part and she found out I was playing, you know, we all got our parts and the thing. And yeah. she's like, we're going to watch it. Like, I can't believe you haven't seen this. I'm like, I don't know anything about musicals. I like at this point, like I played I, trombone lady. Yeah. I was like, I got blinders on most through this point in my life like, i'm like i don't want to see most things like right. mo- everything's upsetting right now so i just need to like not see shit and she's like oh no like you want to see this and i did it was great like i yeah. spent a lot of time with her family and all of that still but right. um I, I mean it's been a few years since i've really connected with them but that's immaterial yeah. anyway that's my like my own personal um mm-hmm. tie with that and i think that it's it's pretty funny to me that like when I think of the sound of music, I'm just like, well, Austria and Nazis, like that's the exactly. thing. Like yeah. that's yeah, I was the like, whole story. I think like singing in curtains. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Sure. Like that's all I think. But sure. if you, if singing I had to curtains. summarize and your yeah. favorite things, if I had to summarize the sound of music, <laughs> sure. it yeah. would be like nuns uh-huh. period songs period. Yep. Children period. Curtains. Curtains period. Sure. Yeah. Like you don't even re- you didn't even realize that the governess ends up marrying the captain. No. She was their nanny. That's like a right. huge part that's of the a huge like, plot. It's point. the like ongoing romance of the, yeah, yeah, their love story. Like that's what the sound of music is really about. Yeah, I um, really I missed mean, out on not that. Not really. I mean, and maybe it's a test it's about ostensibly it's a love story, but really it's about Nazis. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's like should we mention what that's a reference to i think at this point we've referenced it a couple of times so that's from um the movie orange county yeah the movie orange yeah. county yeah so um joke about movies that's a, and subplots yeah that's a whole separate problem yeah um so yeah the and uh you know if we're like how long is this episode so far like 15 minutes yes so yeah. we're done it's we're over. done it's over no there's um i mean i think just in general like i, I was thinking about um there's a lot of pro- like situations like that where it's like your perception of something from childhood is completely warped oh, yeah. by how you were exposed to it and what you were allowed to see or not see and like whether speaking well, of nazi sorry exactly I mean, like, we puns, i mean we had puns, that puns, same puns. kind of like i have watched we just the other night we watched the movie wind which i loved from high school uh-huh. and i had totally forgotten ne- never realized how sexist and racist uh, just, and just it. i mean uh-huh. it's just Whoa! I remembered all. The it's like hard to stomach, stuff. right? You're just like, like oh god, yeah, yeah. Oh god, mm-hmm. I thought there was more sailing in this movie. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see some cool sailing scenes. No, <laughs> no, this is terrible. I'm smoking the bandit. I forgot all about oh, the Confederate that's the flag. Other one. Yep, Confederate yeah. flag all over everything. Sure. And I'm like, I totally did not. I mean, like, I growing even... up, like, I used to watch episodes of um, what's the other like with the General Lee card, the card. Oh, the Dukes, the Dukes of Hazzard. I like, loved the Dukes of Hazzard as a kid. The General Lee. Yeah, and just my like God, the whole like the whole I thing loved about, the Dukes of, oh, of Hazzard. Yeah. yeah, my grandfather, my mom used to say, seventy year olds and seven year olds watch the Dukes of Hazzard. Yep, I, that sounds about right to be which, honest. Because I think I stopped watching that? when I was my about mom. eight. Oh. Because I'd sit on my grandfather's lap uh-huh. and watch it yeah. when we visited. Right, right. Um, that's, uh, yeah. And I mean, those are kind of like when you look back and you're like, ooh, cringy. Like, it's like, well, ooh, yeah. that was not. I Have mean, we the- talked about the Gremlins movie and how like batshit it was for all of our parents to take us to see that? No. When uh, you see that as an adult, you're like, oh, no. It's, it's terrifying. I I mean, it's not it's even also terrifying. not terrifying. It's the just, whole- it, 
it was very poorly written uh, <laughs> under a certain type of influence popular in the 80s if you ask me yeah. like it makes no sense sure i remember all of our parents like ganging up and like let's all take the kids to gremlins and then our parents would sit in one row and all of us would sit in another row and i was like i can't believe they sat through this right like forget dropping us off or like not vetting the films that we watched yeah. before letting us watch them they were there for the whole thing. Like, how can you sit through this movie as an adult? I, what's hilarious is I was terrified of E.T. Oh, my God. That's funny. That's <laughs> I think I think I would have been had I not been. I didn't see it for the first time with other people. Like my friends were like, oh, you haven't seen E.T. We're going to watch it. Yeah. And so then my mom they took me to the theater to watch it because I'm old. Right. Uh, yeah, sure. Right. I, and I the first I, I saw in the theater twice and the first time I covered my eyes the whole time. Oh, I sat through uh, signs that anytime. whole time. My dad took me to Ghostbusters and I couldn't get past the ghost in the library. Like the librarian. Oh. That's like I was the scariest say part of the whole yeah, movie. Yeah, that is like a totally scary part. It is sure. terrifying. And I was just yeah. in tears like like five, ten minutes, five minutes into the movie. Yeah. I don't know, whenever it is. It's probably about five out. minutes. We in. had to walk out of Born on the Fourth of July. I remember that the Tom Cruise Vietnam movie. Mm-hmm. After he, they're like he gets shot and they're carrying him off the field. And my dad, I think my brother was in elementary school. He's like, nope, no, nope, we're done. Bad call. This bad was call. a mistake. <laughs> we got up and walked out. Says you guys are not going to watch this. this oh is man, not for you guys. I like made a terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like a guardianship misstep when uh, when we were number 327 <laughs> don't let me babysit your kids don't even ask me because i'm just gonna fuck it up um but they'll be, they'll turn out really cool eventually eventually they'll you know process through all of that Trial suffering after, after, after some therapy they'll they'll be fine. sure yeah. yeah so i was like chloe do you want to watch this amazing movie called the pianist which is like the adrian brody nazi survival movie which she was a-okay with up to the point that a little boy trying to escape under a wall gets attacked by dogs that i had completely forgotten oh, about right. her, her face i was like okay i'm just gonna now i'm sorry i forgot about this part are you okay and she's like uh, and i was like it's gonna be okay i'm sorry I'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry don't tell don't tell dad i'm sorry <laughs> I, I, so i have like one when i was a kid like so after my parents divorced and i my dad and i and my brother moved in with his parents my grandparents mm-hmm. and um before then we I think technically we had a TV in the house, but it was never on. So I didn't really think of it as TV. It was like, it was that piece of furniture over there with the, like the drape over it, like the tablecloth. Oh, you draped it. Yeah. I mean, it was like, you couldn't really even see the screen. I mean, sometimes I know my parents watched TV back when TVs were cabinets. Oh yeah. It was a cabinet. Like it had a flat. Yeah. It was a full piece of furniture. It sat on the floor. Um, I mean, I remember where it was. I I don't think I ever watched it once while I was living in that house. I, I wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. You never I saw it. Yeah, yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't interact with that TV, but my grandparents TV was on all the time. Right. Like it was right. just, and so when we moved into their house to stay with them, um, I think at some point I, you know, I was like, TV was super novel. So I was like really into watching, like, what is this thing? And like, or into watching shows and stuff. Um, which of course, like my dad at the time did his best to like limit my exposure to that or just be like, you know, go outside and play and have fun, be a kid. Right. Don't watch TV. Um, and so I remember I must have been about six, maybe six and a half. And I'd snuck down in the middle of the night. So like it was a two story house and we went downstairs from my room and I turned on the TV 
and I was like flipping through channels, and so I found the movie Piranha. I think I think it's called. Oh Piranha. my god! And so Piranha. like now as an adult, I've you know I've watched it, and it was like this is terrible. Like the effects are bad. Like nothing's good. About it. It's just it's just like a but when be- you're six. It's a be- but when I'm six and people are dying on television, being eaten alive by yeah piranhas, you know by piranhas, yeah. and they're showing like a cow carcass that's being passed off as a yes. human or something or whatever it was that they would do. Oh yeah, like it's real. You know, it's it's like poor gore right like it's not even like there's way better gore now if that's what you're into and and i there was way better gore then but yeah even then and but as a child it was like this these meaningless deaths right like it's just like and now this person that i'm already because you you're bonded to them yeah yeah, in two minutes i'm bonded to this character because (laughs) and and, oh no they're terrified i'm terrified what's going on and now they're being eaten alive by fish oh my god you're so empathetic at that uh, age yeah i was just destroyed and i um I couldn't sleep for like weeks. I would, I had like sweats. Like I went upstairs. I remember I went upstairs. Like my dad, I don't think my dad ever caught me. Like he didn't come downstairs and be like, Oh, you're watching TV. Turn it off. It was like, I just, after that, I think I went upstairs. I couldn't not look, I, I couldn't look away. Right. So I sure. had to watch. And then I went upstairs and I laid in my bed and sweat for the rest of like, you know, <laughs> night terror no. sweats. Like, and then I think what I did, I had, um, I had this cassette player and I had all these like uh, Christopher Robin, like Winnie the yes! Pooh and like Disney stories on yep. cassette. Yep. Yeah. We talked about that. Yep. You and I have talked about that. And so I put, I just played them every night. I just like would listen to them for hours and hours. I was like, I, I think I'll hear that Serenity one one more time. Now. Yeah, exactly. So um, <laughs> speaking of, you know, and that's like bad parenting. Like there was no oh. parent that was responsible for that. That was my own, I my own same- undoing. I remember Poltergeist came out. Oh, that's a rough one. I mean, and I was like, at, at six or seven like, or whatever. It's... I was like eight, seven okay, or eight or something sure. like that when they came out. And I remember they didn't take me to it. That I was just at my dad's house, and I think my stepmom's brother was like describing a scene or something, and he was like, "Go in the bathroom and turn on the light, and like the skin gets peeled off." And I was terrified of going into the bathroom and turning just on the, the light. description, just from the, the description of it. Uh huh. Like, just talking about the movie freaked me out. Oh, my God. And I was like, I couldn't take it. But, yeah, you know, it's funny. It's like the thing about kids who don't get to watch TV. Yeah. Well, my dad built a house in in Dallas, Uh outside of Dallas. And I remember going and visiting. And down the road, this little dirt road, was another family. And I think they were Mormon or something. And they weren't allowed to watch TV. The only thing they were allowed to watch on TV was The Lone Ranger Uh and The Evening News. Okay. And that was it. And otherwise, so if they'd come down to our house, they'd all just sit in front of the TV and want to watch the TV. And we're like, let's go out and play. Right. It's like, like we're, nice yeah. day. Or, like, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. It's like, we, it's the Nintendo all over again. We get to watch again. TV right. all the time, anytime we wanted. So it wasn't like any big deal to us. But I remember very specifically, they always wanted to yeah. sit in front of the TV. I, I've always kind of had this like theory. I, I like as an adult, I've, I appreciate my restriction to TV, but I also missed out on like a generation of culture that like I can't yeah. share with other people. Mm-hmm. They're like, remember this commercial? Remember that show? Remember yeah. this? I'm like, yeah. I don't know. I didn't see any of it. I didn't. Yeah. And then I also think, um, there's that because it was so forbidden. Like as soon as I had access to it, it was just like, I really binged right. like early and hard for it. Like there were many, many days. Yeah. Now you have like, an unhealthy obsession with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, <laughs> I do fine, but I did get well, I mean, like, I mean, that's what it you develops. kind of fetishize it yeah, right? Yeah. a little bit. You're just like, yeah. you know, I mean, I, it's, it's like, 
take ob- take thing or object or activity A uh-huh. and tell <laughs> kids they're not allowed to do it. You've now you've given them a complex about it. Right. Yeah. And I think there's I think there's right ways to do it and wrong ways to do it. I, I mean, what the fuck do I know? I mean, this is not we're talking about child psychology. I just know my own personal experience was right. like yeah. video games you and a child. You know, I was. I know. It. I know. I have my own. Yeah, I got something to say about that. Um, I I also like understand and appreciate why it was you know they did the best they could in that regard i'm like i'm yeah. not like oh you know fuck you for doing this i mean right. fuck you for doing that but obviously i understand mm-hmm. you know what i mean right. like anyway um it's like my mom not letting me read the line the witch in the wardrobe because it had the witch in the title uh, such like, a yeah 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 it's like you're not paying attention <laughs> i think yeah i mean i'm paying attention to the wrong thing right yeah you, you kind of missed the point there um anyway uh yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but that's my own my own story yeah. of woe as far as like being a child I, and like being terrified of something I've so seen. So I always, you know, I'm compelled to know rather than not know. Like I have to know. Sure. If there's if I if I have an inkling that something is going on that I don't know about, I need to know what it is. And so when Close Encounters of the Third Kind came out, <sighs> my parents were watching it, and at some point, like they sent me to bed before the movie was over. And I just like laid in bed terrified and it's almost worse freaking out. Yeah. And so they like got me out of bed and let me watch the end of the movie. But the part that I was totally freaked out about is when Barry gets pulled backwards out of the dog door by the aliens from his kitchen. Uh-huh. And I just was like, Oh my God. God. <laughs> and so then my parents were like, oh, it's kind of late. You should probably go to bed. And I was like, ah. <laughs> has he come back? I was like, I got to know what they look like. You know? Right. And right. So I was allowed to come back down, but like seeing them didn't help. Like it was, no, it I was already the scarred. end of the movie is not like, t- doesn't tie everything up with a no. nice neat little bow. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Yeah, that's that a movie scared the daylights out of me. And then many years later, so I've always been creeped yeah. out by anything with aliens, even though when I conceptualize like aliens in any kind of real sense, like people who life forms on another planet, I don't, I think it's premature to get worked up about it. Sure. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not worried of the actual concept of aliens, just aliens in movies. And so when we went to see the movie signs, Uh I saw it five times in the theater Uh because I kept going with other people who wanted to see it. And I sat with my eyes closed the whole time. So I hadn't actually seen the movie (laughs) until like the fifth time through. Those are like the least scary aliens in all of movie history. They're kind of, they are at the end, but it's the movie, how it's filmed up to that point is freaky as fuck. Mm -hmm. It is so scary and tense and so like i would sit there like you said with your hands over your eyes like i Uh it took me like strategic removal of eyes long enough to see the thing i missed the last time before i could like piece the whole movie together and i don't think i actually was able to watch it all the way through until like the 10th or 15th time oh my god there's there's a concept in that movie that or like a I don't know, it was a concept or a theme that's like always like disturbed me as a child. Um, or even now it like kind of makes me weird. So, um, his wife who gets crushed by the car and mm-hmm. then he like goes and talks to her while she's like, you're like, you're going to die, but you're not dead yet. Yeah. But pretty soon. Yeah. And that whole concept has always like bothered me. Like it's always been so like the very beginning, the very first episode of star Trek next generation, um, they're having this like try this like mock trial, um, with, mock trial i mean it's the q with q like he sets up this like courtroom and stuff and there's like this sort of like i think in the story the idea is it's like human history in the like 
20 like 2020s or whatever right? they have to answer for like all of human history. yeah yeah so yeah. so they have these um there's just a, basically a scene where like a guard there's like two guards two human guards or something and one of them is like basically he he, he does some he does something wrong and then he's like you well you need to be put to death right now and so the other guard is like ordered to kill him yeah. and then he's like well hold on and the guy like takes a bump of some drug basically he does some drugs so he feels happy about the fact he's about to die and so this concept of like and it always just stuck with me i'm just like this is so disturbing and weird and like uncomfortable this idea of like death in in that context in that context of like being alive but knowing you're about to die and like all of the things that fall out from that and then and and then i I, i've had a hard time like looking this up but there's um i've been looking for there's some kind of like sea slug or something that is a um it's like a multi-part organism where it has like some it has like a um it's kind of like a butterfly. Like it has a larval stage and yeah. then it, and then it evolves into something it uh, metamorphosizes. Mm-hmm. But they were talking about like, they were talking about this particular one where the organism that emerges from it then goes off and does its second stage of its life. But the remaining body still survives for a couple days before it dies. Oh, that's weird. And like the question becomes, it's like, is this like a, you know, a symbiotic relationship is this like are these two separate organisms that are just so like parasitic almost you know and so those kinds of things where it's like it's just a weird fate of like you know so we're one and now i've grown to this point where i'm leaving you and now you're left with your own experience that is just Hmm. misery and death because you've been split apart and you're just you know does that hurt does it matter like anyway that whole that whole thing (laughs) in in terms of signs like that part of the movie like always stuck with me too is it was just like that that kind of concept's always disturbing to me is it's like yeah you know it's sort of this weird torture of you know being alive and knowing that you're just done yeah like, and having to face your own like mortality in a very short brief period of time i like um uh, in the movie pineapple express how uh oh my god i'm forgetting his name um James Franco, Seth Rogen. No, Red, the drug dealer. Oh, Danny McBride. Danny McBride. Yeah. Danny McBride, after like having all kinds of abuse thrown his way, is sitting. It's like passing out and losing consciousness at uh-huh. breakfast at the breakfast table. Uh-huh. I have in not a seen diner. this movie. It's like oh it's a shit! Everyone I say that to is just like you were watching that right now. It's so good. It's, good yeah, yeah. Here it's we so are. good. So Danny McBride's character is like on the verge of, you know, death. And he's like, I'm, he says something to the effect of like, I'm, I'm comfortable with the idea that like red, as we know me, isn't going to be around much longer or something like uh-huh. just the way he says it about his like current incarnation, uh-huh. like his current form. Right that is red is he's no longer going to be that red anymore. And it's just super funny because he keeps passing out at the breakfast table. And of course it's a stoner movie. So the other two don't notice. Right. That it's yeah. They're just oblivious to that. His character in that movie is one of my favorite characters ever. That's funny. That reminds me like it does occur to me that my, my uncomfortableness with that may have more Mm -hmm. to do with the way it's portrayed in movies than it is in real life. Cause Mm -hmm. I had two friends who, um, I were diagnosed like terminally diagnosed and I spent a lot right. of time with them as they were dying. Oh, I think um, about the thing and that it wasn't, your one friend said a lot. Yeah, it was not. Um, you'll have to tell me cause she said a lot of things, yeah. but um, it was not, it, it, it was sad, but it was also like not 
terrifying the way that is or like disturbing Mm -hmm. in the same way like it's upsetting and it's sad and it's it is what it is but it also was like well this is happening whether you want it to or not there's nothing we can do about it now so we're gonna cope with this and deal with the thing um you're talking about what did she say it was your friend who said that she felt like her best friend was dying yes yeah storm basically i was one of the things that she said to me like really early on she was like i'm you know, we were talking about it and she's like, the, the hardest thing she said is it just feels like my best friend is dying. You know, she's like, that's how it feels emotionally for me is it's like, I'm, you know, I'm having to say goodbye to my very best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's like sad. Right. Yeah. But it's also not disturbing in the way that like things like in movies are kind of portrayed. Right. right? So, and maybe that's part of it is just like, oftentimes it feels like there's a certain piece of humanity that's not there. Mm. when it's portrayed in film sometimes i mean you know maybe the reason that some of those stand out to me is it's like oh that's that's wrong yeah oh i see you know that's not actually how it how it actually is when you're there in the moment so sometimes it's freaking funny sure right yeah Yeah. like i had a friend who died Uh and he went into hospice like on friday yeah and on saturday his family came up from san antonio Mm mm-hmm and you know say goodbye and it was like okay we were told tomorrow friend's day right sunday's friend's day come and say goodbye robert right he had cancer for for like a year Mm -hmm. and um (laughs) we had actually before we found out he was like for about a month i worked with him so every day we go to lunch and he's like he'd have these weird problems swallowing and his best friend who also worked with us the best friend since middle school was like it's a tumor all right, it's a tumor, oh, and, and he and Robert would go. It's not a tumor. Well, it was a tumor. Yeah. <laughs> Killed him, but uh, like a year, like almost a year after that, it's like uh-huh. so. It was like oh, Saturday night. Yeah, and his wife was was leaving. It's like, hey, I need you to get good sleep and eat your breakfast in the morning because I need you to be up all day. Yeah, and and he was like, that's what she said, and those were his last words. Uh, that's pretty his good. last words were, "That's what she, she said." said. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sometimes death is funny. Right. I mean, I think it's, you know, if you can't laugh at it, it's just, yeah, you know, it's misery all the time. Well, yeah, that's like the whole thing about absurdism, right? Like that's sure. our, our whole, like, if, if there were clouds that overcast our podcast, those clouds would be made of absurdity. Right. Yeah. Just like, because there's the glaring light of reality and then there's like, hey, that cloud shaped like a dick. <laughs> right. <laughs> Look at this whole shadow now. It's like We're a big dick. Of a big dick. <laughs> yeah, it's just like yeah. laughing in the face of death. Oh god, so funny. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's uh we went from no Nazis in the sound of music to other uh, funny things about movies and mm-hmm. uh, as you do. Uh yeah, so on and so forth. I um, was trying to I was kind of trying to rack my brain about um any movies that I like as a child perceived very differently than as an adult when I was later found out that there was like, no, no, no. So many. Yeah. I, I'm terrified. I, like I am trepidatious now before rewatching a movie that I haven't seen in a long time that I'm very fond of. Yeah. Yeah. There was, it's like, Oh God, please. There was a more recent movie. um, I mean, not very recent. Um, so that movie, Donnie Darko that came out like many years ago. So I watched, I watched a version. I watched it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I came away with it thinking that he, that it was implied that he had been through multiple revisions at this point, And then he was choosing to die now. Right. Like mm-hmm. to end it. Mm-hmm. And then I later watched a version of it. There are different versions of that movie. And it was like, I'm I've like, I didn't two. get any of that. 
I was like, this is a very different story than what I was remembering. I mean, like in my mind, it was like, it was the idea that he'd been through several times. Mm -hmm. He'd kind of had different relationships with different people in high school. And he'd kind of like basically lived all of the timelines that were available to him, given his situation. I think think what you're talking about is the director's cut. And then you watch the theatrical cut. Oh, okay. Maybe the director's director's cut cut. is the better one, right? I think so. It's been a long time since I've seen the version. The last version I watched, I was like, I was like, this is movies. Not that good. Yeah. This is not, this is a really flat, weird story about a weird thing. And the guy dies. I can't remember which one's which. I'm pretty sure the director's cut is the one that, I remember being blown away by it's the good. original theatrical cut because I remember watching oh. it right after it came out. I was so, like, "This is a great movie. This is a fantastic movie." I just remember, I don't remember. I don't remember thinking though that he had gone through multiple iterations. Just that he had gone down an alternate timeline mm-hmm. and then chose, like, realized he's like tearing, like, going through this timeline. It's and going then. through this timeline, and it's like, but it's like warping everything. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. He's not necessarily making anything better, and then she dies. Right. And he's like, oh, in order for her not to die, I need to die. Maybe because that was my takeaway. At the end of the movie, yeah. in the movie, she's like, oh, who, who's that? Oh, Donnie Darko. She's like, did you know him? No. Yeah. Because he chose to her, finish. Because he didn't, they didn't ever meet or anything until right. after he went out into the golf course mm-hmm. and missed the engine, airplane engine, falling out of his bedroom. Right, right. And so he was like this, like, he got. It's like a weird version of uh, "It's a Wonderful Life," right? Yeah, <laughs> right. it's almost like With the a inversion of rabbit. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I, like it's, like if it, it's, it's a wonderful life. Took acid. Yeah, the rabbit, Frank. Frank the rabbit. Frank the rabbit. I thought in that the was mirror. from. And he was. Oh, oh! I thought you were talking because there's another. It's a Wonderful Life. I was confusing that. With, <gasps> oh um, no! I'm talking Harvey. about Donnie Darko. Uh, right? Yeah, Donnie Darko's got the rabbit. Yeah, Dar- Frank. Donnie. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. And right. and then there's also a movie called Harvey. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I do like that movie Harvey for some reason. I don't know why. It's our movie. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. Yeah. So. Well, I had that rabbit. The rabbit Frank from Donnie Darko delivered my mail one time and oh, really? it was the freakiest thing yeah, i've ever seen oh that's cool yeah it's a pretty bizarre thing yeah didn't say anything to me either no nope wordless just <laughs> handed me my mail and walked off that's awesome that's hilarious and i said like you're the scariest thing i've ever seen and he just did the like nod and walked away i was like <laughs> maybe you're dead that's pretty great um all right do should we should we just finish with a tip for living well in hell um, oh sure um this one could probably we could probably expound on for a bit too sure so you got one of mine go ahead yeah um support the arts because they're what make the human condition survivable right yeah i this one's really good for me because i i think there was a point where i was just like art is stupid like i don't know i'm not it was a very like narrow view, right? Like you're in high school and it's like, or like you're, you're kind of studying and the, the idea that like the arts are this like weird place of like illogical mm-hmm. thinking and stupidity and just like people who aren't good at anything else. And then later as an adult, I was like, well, that's a stupid thought. Yeah. I did not have that experience. Well, I had that experience because that was just kind of my cloistered little space that mm-hmm. I was like, 
exposed to until I got out of high school and realized that there was a whole world of not living with my parents and everything else right. that was great. Um, I mean, you know, my dad was good on that front. He was always like, go have a life, like whatever it is, like this yeah. isn't everything. Um, the arts definitely helped me with my childhood. Well, I mean, being in band. For I, sure. Well, so I was also in band. Yeah, I love band. Music, yeah. I mean, it's not, I'm yeah, not no. saying that like, you know, yeah. I, I'm not, uh, not, what's the word here? Um, hypocrisy is not like some new novel thing that I've just discovered. Like it was very, very you know, ridiculous, right? It's like right. art's stupid. Well, you're in band. Oh, I guess that's art. Right. Right. And, yeah. and I took art. I loved art. It was a great thing. It was I just something about like, like, there's some like, I think what it was is it was just kind of that like peer pressure of like weird prejudice that comes mm-hmm. across. Yeah. And it's sometimes like as a kid, you're like, you want to do what other, like what your culture is telling you to do. Right. Right. And it's like, that's like during the eighties and nineties and the era of like Reaganism and whatnot. Sure. Cut, 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 you know, right. Cutting more things and, and you know, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And the arts or not, you know, you're not going to make any money in the arts. What are you doing? Right. Exactly. Like right. it's just yeah. a sign of unsuccess, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> whatever like, the oh, fuck that our is. family's full of artists. Well, the interesting thing too is now, like I think we live in a time when it's like, there's more avenues for expression and like people to like see it. And it's great. Yeah. Like there's so many great things. Like I, yeah. I start. I mean, I say that, but I went, my first real endeavor with college was to go for film and photography and video and media. Like right. that was a thing I was going to do. And I was like, this is going to be great. And then I realized that, and I wish that YouTube had just been like a little bit closer because I probably would have been like, no, this is worth hanging on to. There's going to be a way for me to out, like express mm-hmm. myself in a way that I want to. Yeah. Um, Cause at the time I was like, nope, I definitely not going to make any living at this whatsoever. There's no opportunity for me to, you know, I can barely oh, afford yeah. film, um, you know, forget about making movies and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a really tough industry. I can't, this is un, unsustainable. I got to do something else. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I wanted to be a professional French hornist and I was my private lesson teacher in like junior in high school teaching. I was learning how to do all kinds of stuff. And I was like, I really was interested And he was like, okay, let me tell you like, so one day I'm in, he's like, you know, there are people who, in New York who have like these Stradivarius Stradivarius violins that they're carrying around in like a garbage sack because they pawned the case to eat. Mm-hmm. Right. And he was like, I woke up one day in Pittsburgh, I think he said, or Philly or some, somewhere on the East coast. And I was like, I was hungry and there was no food in the house. And I'm like, not that there wasn't like any breakfast food. Like I opened up every cupboard and there was literally no food. Right. And I had no money. It's like, that's like the life of a professional musician. <laughs> I'm imagining. And like- I'm like, Maybe I don't want to do this. I'm imagining that scene from, um, is it Jack and the Beanstalk in the Disney version where they're like cutting the bean? Yes. In, in like ghostly slices. In, yes. In like eight into eight slices that oh, are transparent. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, anyway. Yeah. You know, right. Like, like cutting the bean. And I think there was like, I think, there, I think it was literally just a bean. Mm-hmm. A anyway. single bean. That yeah. There's like bean. eight people. We're going to slice yes. it up into eight portions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, I uh, I think I think playing music probably saved my ass a couple of times. Yeah, it's, sure. yeah. I, just I mean, as an outlet, it's the way I survived high school. Like I, without yeah. it, I would just be. I I don't even know where to begin. Like I, yeah. Know, I mean, it would have been something, I suppose. But it kept me. It kept me in school as long as it did. I mean, I literally like when I was dropping out of high school, I was still going to band. 
Wow. Like I wasn't going like I, you know, when people have those, um, you have those nightmares where you're like, I have an exam and you're like, show up in your underwear or you don't know where it is or whatever. Mm -hmm. I basically had that in real life. There was a point where I was, I hadn't been on campus for any of my classes other than band for a while. And somehow I'd found out that there was like a, a calculus exam that I needed to do to like kind of like do okay on or something. And I was like, fuck, I guess I need to go sit this exam. And I remember walking onto campus and, um, like wandering around being like, I don't actually know where this class oh, is. Oh God! And I'm walking and I finally, I think I was like, I, I poke my head in this door and I'm like, I think this is it. I think this is it. I'm just going to go in there and sit down and I just go sit down. And it turns out it was an exam and there was an exam and I did poorly on it because I had no idea. I hadn't been, I hadn't been in any kind of like academia. Like yeah. I hadn't looked at a textbook. <laughs> I didn't even know if I had the textbook at that point. Like it probably existed somewhere. Um, I'm just like sitting there and it's just like, well, here's some calculus problems. Go to town. Like, four. I don't know. Yeah. Four. <laughs> I don't know. This looks right. Should I draw some pictures? Like, you know, it's just no idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, two on everyone. And yet I was still going to band. Like I was, you know, I had band first and second period, I had jazz band and concert band. And I would like go to those, you know, religiously. Mm-hmm. And then right after concert band, I would, um, I think it was right after jazz band. Anyway, we had this 15 minute break. 15 minute break would hit walk off campus, never come back every day, five days a week, seven 30 to whatever, nine 15 yeah. or whatever it was or nine o'clock. Yeah. It was great times, <laughs> man. Awesome. It's it, like, it was stressful then, but I'm like, man, that was such a low stress time in my life. <laughs> relatively speaking. Yeah. Right? Relatively yeah. speaking. I mean like, you know, I was, I was emotionally, I was a wreck and things were terrible, but you know, it was pretty easy compared to stuff that came later. Um, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I feel like, uh, yeah, to kind of, so support the arts. Yeah. That's yeah. the give kids an outlet for their right. I mean, it's anxieties. Not, yeah. And stress. I, and like art can be, well, the rest of us very it's loosely like, interpreted too. Sure. Well, it means different things. To different it means people. different things to different people. And it's steam, not STEM. I actually, I'm right. a fan of steam. So steam. yeah. Yes. So I feel like the thing about STEM it was all fine, but it feels a little exclusive, right? And they're like, well, we need to put the arts in there. That's why it's steam. And I'm like, fuck you guys. What? It's steam because it's history steam. is super important. Right. Yeah. Well, so also, it's steam or it's, nothing. It's I'm also sorry. Steam because there's two H's because there's humanities. Too. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Science, history, humanities. Could it be theme? Yeah. Like put the H after the T. I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to play favorites Steep. here. Like that doesn't, the order is not put important. Philosophy Steam. at the end there. Oh yes, steamp, steamp, Yes, Steamed. I'm I'm in full support of this. Yeah, because I think this is totally going to catch on. This is how it goes. Yeah, so easy. Yeah, so um, easy. We suggest that we edit to whom steam, it may concern. Stem to be steam. <laughs> yeah, right. let's write Adam Savage. I'm right going now. to send a strongly worded letter to literally everyone I've ever known well, about the, this. The tragedy, the tragedy of all of this is that. Um, the whole reason it became steam in the first, like that steam came around was, mm-hmm. um, has nothing to do with what any of us think it has everything to do with funding. It yeah. was just, you know, Oh, STEM. Okay. Well now we're going to fund all these like programs. And it's like, if you're not in the STEM program, you don't get a, you don't get access to this money. Mm-hmm. And that's the tragedy of it. Right. It's not that, um, 
that, you know, like when you talk about like things like women in STEM and stuff, it's like, that's important because they're underrepresented, right? Right. They're not underrepresented in arts and history and in humanities. They're underrepresented in some science, technology, yeah. engineering, and math. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So that, that's a valid thing. But again, the problem is, is that you, you fund these programs and you're like, right. yeah, but you're fucking over the other ones that are super successful for lots of women. If your goal is to support women, Right. You fucked you it up. Well, you not can't only make that. it like a zero sum game between this and that. Yeah, exactly. Not only that, I mean, the other reason why they added arts in there is they, you know, so many engineers and people are like, well, I also play an instrument or sing or paint or mm-hmm. sculpt sure. or, or spoken word or whatever it is that's artistic. It's like so many I've spoken word myself. So many. Right. So many engineers and people who create things are like, if it weren't for my creative artistic side, you know, it's like you end up with you end up with like two dimensional engineers instead yeah. of three dimensional right, engineers. Right. And, and like then then they you know the two dimensional ones can't really don't tend to create stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, it's it, you're kind of you've you've kind of like pigeonholed people, and it's like, well, you know, having an expanded view of the world and being yeah. able to like having an expansive education it's, has mm-hmm. its benefits, right? Yeah. Right. Um, That's a whole other podcast on how the education system sure. is all about getting yeah. you a job instead of like teaching you something, right? Well, yeah, we don't need to. Right. We don't need to go down there. Yeah. Um, anyway, I just think that the uh, I've always I've always been a fan of Steam, and now I'm going to be a fan of Steam. Steam. Yeah, with a hard P at the end. With a hard P at the end. Yeah. I mean, it all kind of comes... I, I do like the idea of, like, philosophies right there at the end. Like, well, at the end of the day, boom, philosophy. We're gonna mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That is, I like that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, I think we've kind of, like, beat that to death. But, mm-hmm. dude, support the arts. And I think that... Thank you guys for listening to our podcast Watch again. the whole movie. Watch... Yeah. <laughs> the moral of this story is watch the whole watch movie. The whole Otherwise, movie. Sometimes there's Nazis. Sometimes, sometimes there's, there's Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> now we're in the now we're in the like the sort of punchy summation of uh the punchy summation of our podcast yeah exactly. thanks for being our podcast guest yeah we're all thanks yes. for having me thank guys. you so much for coming Yay. um it's super awesome okay uh, yeah and next time we'll have uh we'll have better equipment for you and uh, you won't have to like sit on a soapbox over there with the in the corner with a dusty mic shoved in your face <laughs> <laughs> It's terrible. Yeah. I need to speak to management. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So I guess that's it. We just say goodbye. All right. This is where we say goodbye.